This is Thoughts and Players. Hello and welcome to level 36 of the Thoughts and Players podcast, the gaming podcast with both takes and no strings attached. I am Jeremy, here once again with my two compadres. I have David. What up? And I have Corey. EA Sports. It's in the game. Um, maybe, let's see, maybe you want to try that again? Because you, cause you came in a little... It's very robotic. Robotic there. Give the people another go of it. EA Sports. It's in the game. There yes. you go. I love I it. Know, I know exactly where that's from. One of the worst games ever made. Um, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's what it's called. The worst game ever made. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, chickens, ducks, and hens, we welcome you into level 36. We're glad you are joining us, tuning in to this level. Um, we got some nice stuff cooked up. So I think we're going to jump right into it. Of course, with the newsy news, and that is the morning announcements. Now, for today's level, we have four news items on the docket, but one of them is a big one. So let's start with news item number one. Is that uh, this past week or so, Sony had their PlayStation 5 showcase um, where they showed a bunch of stuff off for the system you can't find anywhere yet. Um, obviously, you know, there were things for one of them being, I'm sure Corey might go into a bit more detail with, but they showed some God of War off. I believe there was a little bit, uh, everyone was older. People are tripping out over the fact that Thor got a little chub on him, which is (laughs) a a very weird thing. Um, but yeah, they showed off a bunch of stuff. Corey. Uh, maybe you want to talk about some of the stuff they showed off. There's one thing they showed off that I absolutely am interested in, but uh, how about you uh, let us know um, what what they show? Yeah, so first up, God of War, as you said, they had like a three-minute trailer with gameplay and all that stuff. They really kind of showed it off as much as they could. It looks looks good. It looks like more God of War. It's continuing the story of God of War 2018, so uh, very excited for that one. You kind of knew what you were getting. There wasn't any groundbreaking... uh, you know, changes to the formula for this one, but very excited to see the trailer. Um, Marvel had a little bit of a showcase, which I know you were excited about. Is that which one you were talking about? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So Insomniac, <laughs> uh, the hardest working developers on the planet, apparently, True. Uh, showed off Spider-Man 2 with Venom coming out 2023, and they showed off Wolverine, which is going to be a very mature take, you know, probably rated uh, M. So that's cool, you know, because we haven't had a really good Wolverine game since uh, Wolverine Origins, I believe, which was a movie tie-in game, but pretty good. Um, And definitely the biggest one, maybe not the biggest, but the biggest for you, is that Knights of the Old Republic remake. Is that right? That's right. It was uh, announced as a timed PlayStation exclusive. Yes. Um, What did you like about the trailer? That's a that's a trick question. <laughs> um, so 
you see the cloak, the face, the mask, and the cloak of uh, he who is Darth Revan, um, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Uh, It's a PlayStation Time exclusive, which is not awesome. I will be getting that game on my Xbox. Um, So You're going to wait? Yeah. Why? Because the first Knights of the Old Republic were Xbox exclusives. Uh, You don't owe them anything, man. (laughs) I don't. But, I mean, I'm going to play it on my Xbox because it'll probably be the only one I still have space on my hard drive for. <laughs> that's that's true. That's right. <laughs> um, but actually, I'm, I'm very interested in the Wolverine game, too. Y- yeah. Yeah, me too. They actually yeah. looked pretty good. The fact that they're going for more of like a, that mature Logan type of feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like Right. Yeah, um, it was only a CGI trailer, but... Uh, yep. It set the tone, I would say. Mm-hmm. You, it was in a bar, a bunch of dudes dead, and then Wolverine sitting at a bar drinking. Yeah. yeah, so um, it was it was a big showcase, though. I think they had about 40 minutes of just purely gameplay trailers. You know, Gran Turismo 7 was showing off a little more. Um, a game called Project Eve, which no I thought was... No one cares about Gran Turismo 7. No one, no one cares. I don't yeah. care. I'm surprised they're still uh, making them. <laughs> um, Project Eve was shown off. I don't know if you got to see that one. That one looked... Uh. That one looked really good, in my opinion. Okay. Um, and just a bunch more. Guardians of the Galaxy was shown off again. Uh, I thought it was an okay showcase until about the last five minutes where they showed off all the big titles. Yeah. And that's usually got to try what they do. And with a bang, they forget where they – a lot of these companies forget that. That doesn't mean you bore us most of the time, right? Like right. And with like you ramp up. Right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I nothing. think it's – oh, go ahead. Nothing. Nothing twisted metal, huh? No twisted metal. No twisted, uh, no twisted metal fools, games. I tell you, fools. There was a there was a big casting announcement. Yes. Yeah. But nothing for the game. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Oh. Fal Falcor himself. Falcor. Interesting. So, uh, news item number two. Now I don't know if Sony if Sony stated this at their PS5 showcase, but it, it was no. around. It was around the same time, um, right? Which is that Sony states that, you know, there was a big hubbub made about, um, I think it was Horizon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about, you know, you having to pay, the, you know, the upgrade. So they're like, okay, well, you don't have to do it for Horizon, but you're going to have to do it for every game going forward. So they announced that PS4 to PS5 upgrades will be $10 going forward. Um, you know, I, I mean, by now, that's to be expected from this um Money grubbing soulless corporation known as Sony, that you know, unfortunately seems to pump out pretty good first party games. <laughs> right, you can't kind of live without them because they make they do make good games that me personally I want to play. So, um, yeah. hopefully by the time this will actually matter, PS fives will be more available. But it's still just one of those things where it's like Xbox has no issue saying, hey, if it's cross gen, you buy it on one platform you have it on all of them. Yeah. Hopefully by the time this really goes into effect, it becomes a bit more clear that Xbox could be uh, turning the tide in the console war, though that's highly unlikely. I I really hope they do because that's how, that's how companies do better. You know, PS3, Sony really fell apart because Xbox 360 was doing so well. They made a lot of changes. And I think PS4 had an, was an excellent system with great games and great policy. Right. 
Right, and Xbox kind of fell apart during the Xbox One because of the Xbox 360 success. So yeah, mm-hmm. we need that. We can we can only hope. We can only hope for Sony's failure. News <laughs> item number three: uh, Epic had their lawsuit with Apple come to a decision, which is basically that um, Apple kind of worked within their right. Right, Epic was suing Apple because Apple takes a thirty percent cut on um, in-app purchases, right? And so obviously Epic had Fortnite on iOS and they were like, this is preposterous, this is ridiculous. We don't do anything similar like this on our own platform. Mm. And um, and so they sued, uh, they lost that suit. Uh, Epic is required to pay Apple that 30%. Um, but on the other side of this, there are a lot more regulators and politicians looking at antitrust issues with Apple because though Apple doesn't really have a quote unquote full monopoly on being able to do digital in-app purchases, right? You have Google and you know maybe a couple other platforms. It is one of those that it's it's very close to being a monopolized industry. So Apple may end up losing in the long run because there will be um potential revenue or fees it may not be able to collect in the same way it's been doing before. So uh, kind of Epic kind of, you know, Epic loses straight up. Apple kind of loses in the long run, which means we all win because um, (laughs) these two companies are terrible. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's one rich guy losing to another rich guy. but the other rich guy may lose some money in the long run. So it's all it's all cool. Guys, or have you even have you been keeping up with this thing at all? Do you have any interest in it? Do you just see it like two wealthy companies just kind of like throwing punches and that's it? I haven't been like looking into it very, you know, closely, but I was waiting for results. So basically, like you said, rich versus rich. And at this point though, it's epic walked so we can run. But yeah, it's I, I kind of saw this coming. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of uh, I mean, we got to kind of root for Epic, right? Essentially, because, because they were kind like, of doing the right thing. But in the long run, in the long run, it'll help us because like yes. right now with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, they all have monopolies on their own platforms where you cannot buy digital games through any other means. So obviously they can set right. the prices as high as they want for as long as they want. Right. So hopefully that's a step towards everyone kind of loosening up a little bit. Yeah, I know that uh, Tim Sweeney from Epic, CEO of Epic, has said that they're already getting ready to send an appeal. I think everyone saw that coming. So we'll see what happens. OK. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how my idea kind of could be a thing now. Yeah, About the whole reselling your digital stuff. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Possibly, we'll see. Um, hopefully, it's not Apple that takes that idea because they will screw it up. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we have news item number four: Dying Light Two been delayed to February 2022. So next February, this upcoming February, Dying Light Two should be released. Now, I know the first Dying Light is a highly revered game, especially like zombie game. I remember playing Dying Light when it first came out, and I thought this is absolutely a cool game. 
I didn't think it was as cool as its legacy has made it, but apparently people are super gassed up for Dying Light 2. And um, seeing the different story trailers and stuff like that, it seems like they're taking it in a pretty interesting direction. So, um, David, you're the resident horror zombie guy here. Is that like Dying Light 2 or Dying Light in general? Is that anything you really had an interest in? And Dying Light 2, are you looking forward to that? You know, honestly, I haven't played Dying Light, but I've only ever heard good things about it. Yeah. And the only reason I haven't played it is because I just hyper focus on things I'm already playing or mm-hmm. things that we talk about here and I'll try those games. But with it coming out come February, I, I, I'm going to actually I think I'm going to get it and see how it is, because as you said, I just those kind of games just are interesting to me. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited. Yeah. What about you, Corey? Have you, have you uh, played Dying Light before? Um, I missed Dying Light one. Always wanted to pick it up on a sale. Just never felt like the right time. Hopefully February is a little lax in the game department. So I have an excuse to pick this up because it does look like a lot of fun. You know, the parkour loved it in Mirror's Edge. It looks like Dying Light does a good job of that as well. As you said, the branching storylines that affect the world and zombie games, if done well, are, are, are fun games. So uh slightly interested for sure dying light 2 is probably going to be a pass for me initially because february is also when horizon forbidden west comes out so mm, right okay. it's gonna suck up a lot of your time yeah so i mean it's probably a no-go It'll but take eventually eight months right okay. all right there you go <laughs> and that ends the morning announcements which means we are moving on to the round table where we have a singular topic of discussion that we discuss and the topic that we want to talk about for this level echoes back, I think, a few levels ago for to one of um one of Corey's um final thoughts, one of the many ridiculous ones he's had, uh, where he talked about uh, the games and difficulty. So we want to talk about difficulty in games. It's it's a um discussion point, a interest, a conversation piece that has been emerging in gaming lately. You know, as the games like the Souls-like games and other games that kind of pride themselves on difficulty are merging and becoming popular, there's concerns that maybe the difficulty is making games too inaccessible to an audience of gamers. So, difficulty in games, guys. Um, Are they really necessary? Do you think a game can be too hard? Yes. Okay. I think so. And a good one would be uh, like The Last of Us. I played it on Grounded and yeah, I did eventually beat it, but I died over 300 times. <laughs> it was just so crucial to have every correct movement, saving bullets for this and that. And then, you know, playing it on like normal, it still had a difficulty thing. You know, like I didn't just blaze through it. You still had to do certain things at certain times, but you had more health items, more ammo. It was just a little more lax, yet still difficult. I I think difficulties should be in games because there's a lot of people that just enjoy playing that can you know, just have a couple hours a day, want to just get through a story and feel really immersed in this whole, you know, universe that they're playing. And then there's some people that 
want to test the limits and get like maybe all the achievements or do the hardest gift with difficulty and you know try and beat it see if they can do it like there's a very big realm of video gamers and while not necessary putting difficulties in your game is going to give you a lot bigger of a crowd for your game and yeah. that's kind of how i feel about it yeah yeah, um, those are good points. Um, oh, did you want to expand on that? Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, we know video games are a product, but before they're a product, there's somebody's like work of art. Right. You know, maybe maybe people don't think video games are art. I tend to lead on the side that they are art. I'm not going to tell the director of a game what they should do with their game. If they want to make it hard as heck and put no difficulty options in there, that's up to them. Um, I think as gamers and people who just play games in general, uh, we usually have a pretty good idea on going into a game, how difficult it's going to be, or if the game has a reputation for that. So, right. Yeah. I think, I think if you don't want to put options in there, that's fine. You know, you know that you are going to be hurt a little bit by the audience. You know, not everyone's going to want to play your game. Not everyone is saying like, Oh, I want to jump into dark souls. Cause they know it's a very hard type of genre. And that's okay with that director because he has a vision that he wants to follow and he's not willing to sacrifice that to make a easy mode for that game. And I'm okay with that. Um, a lot of those games are very hard. I haven't beat them all. I've tried some of them. I've beat a couple, you know, um, even like Returnal this year, uh, 40 hours into it. I, I wasn't able to beat it. It was just too, it was too difficult for me. And, and that's okay. You know, I understand the argument that, you know, I want to see the story. I want to see it progress. There's means to do that now. Everyone has YouTube. Everyone has Let's Plays. You can see the story throughout without playing it. Right. As you're bringing up discussions, I was going to bring that up saying, you know, there is millions of Twitch streamers. There's millions of content on YouTube, Facebook, wherever people are posting things. You can find a playthrough, walkthrough, guides for pretty much any game nowadays. So if right. it is too hard, you do have other means, like you said, which I, I also agree with your statement. If the, the director of a game doesn't want an easier difficulty, it's totally fine. It's just it's a tough call that they have to make. Right. Because it, it, it affects the sorry, it, it just no, no, you're good. You're good. It just uh, mostly I guess at the end of the day, all it really affects is the sales and if it if you're a big company with bigger games you're not too worried about it but if you're like an I mean, indie I, trying to I, make I, games i know some people have said you know um people with disabilities they would like to be able to play games and some of them are just you know impossible for them mm -hmm. i know twitter uh you know I'm, I'm the twitter guy out of us three uh that conversation does pop up from time to time like hey i wish this uh, series was more accessible. You know, why can't they put an easy mode in it? And uh, they could, but then you wouldn't be pay playing the product that they wanted you to play. So what's right. honestly the point? Right. I can't, I, I'm, I'm on both sides of this fence, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> both have good points, good views. It's just really, it's, it's up to the, Developers and directors, like you said. Jeremy, you've been quiet. I was just letting, just letting discussion play out. Okay. Um, 
I'm of the I'm of the belief that um, an easy mode or an accessibility mode doesn't um, doesn't take away from the the art itself at all um, because it is trying to essentially if you take a game like Dark Souls and someone can't can't play the game because at its at its current thing it's it's too difficult right um it's regular mode or difficulty is too difficult making it easier for that person doesn't take away the goal of the experience because it still has difficulty right so it's it's kind of the idea of that um well i want there to be a a certain level of proficiency in something in order for you to experience my game and experience its story and yada. I mean, for one, I can't think of a single game where the story was enhanced by the difficulty or the themes of it were enhanced by the difficulty. Um, so, well, the, the idea that like, you know, they can't put an easy mode or an accessibility mode in there sometimes and open it up to a, a broader amount of gamer, not just gamers that maybe just want to experience stories, kind of like books or movies, but gamers that may have disabilities or certain kind of handicaps to where they can't, you know, they don't have that ability to do some of those things, but they could, they would still get something and enjoy something from the story and the characters and all those things that are within the game. You know, I, 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 I fail to understand why um, that's not something that's explored more. Like to me, if we take Dark Souls, the part of the whole allure of Dark Souls is that it's difficult and that mm -hmm. you really feel like you have accomplished something when you get done beating it, right? But for someone that's having, that can't even do it on the base level, right? If you were to make it easier for them, they would still have difficulty with that. And at the end of them playing that game, they themselves would still feel that accomplishment. Now, if you're someone that doesn't have um, a, a, a disability or something that inhibits your, your ability to play a game and you decide to play it on the normal whatever rating, you still get that same experience, right? So it's, 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 it's not like making it so if you, as someone who's able to play a more quote unquote more difficult game, decide to play it at that because you decide that, you know, you want to have that experience and maybe it's less fulfilling, you're choosing that less fulfilling experience, but you're not having the opportunity or chance of that experience being limited to you because a creative director or programmer has a um, some kind of, um, you know, thing of wanting difficulty to be innately tied to their video game. Right. That's what my, that's my thinking on it. Yeah, I kind of I kind of disagree with you on a couple points there. Um, you were talking about the gameplay uh, being difficult doesn't enhance the story, and that and that is true, you know. But games are our gameplay. That's what separates them from movies or books. The first and foremost, games are about gameplay. Story always, at least ninety nine percent of the time, comes second. So the gameplay isn't there to enhance the story in terms of difficulty. It's to enhance the gameplay. The gameplay being difficult makes the gameplay fun. And that's what it's about for those really difficult games. And um, another point you brought up about, you know, it doesn't matter if they lower the difficulty because it's still going to be a challenge for them. I feel like that's a little bit flawed because, like, 
take Dark Souls, for instance. What do you do to lower that difficulty? Do you make the boss have less health? Do you change its attack patterns? Do you just cut out a whole section of the boss? Because if you do any of those things, that does change the feeling that the player would get. If you make the boss take more damage and have less health, well, you're not actually feeling like you're going through a gauntlet of a 15-minute boss fight. You know, now it's maybe a five-minute boss fight. And if you're taking out, you know, certain attack patterns, yeah, that definitely changes the feeling you would get from fighting this monster. So it's it's good in theory, and some games can pull it off for sure, but I feel like some games, no, they, they should stick with what they do. Right. Well, I mean, well, so what the last point, like you said, if you're doing something like lowering HP or attack or something like that, that a 15-minute boss fight becomes a five-minute boss fight, right? That It, it may become a five-minute a five minute boss fight for you, but for mm-hmm. someone else, that may not be the case. And it becomes something that they can't even entertain doing because of the level of difficulty, it becomes a 15-minute boss fight of which they are able to then feel like they've accomplished something and then continue on in the story. That is true. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it's it's just very hard. Like, I know not all gamers are the same, but when I play a game with different difficulties, I always usually pick, like, normal. Because I know that's at least going to be interesting and difficult for me. Like, I almost never pick easy unless I'm trying to play a new game for the first time on like a stream or something. And I want to get stuck on a spot and bore the viewers. But I always go forth trying to make things a little difficult and interesting for myself. And sure, if there's only the one, I'm going to sit there and just try and try and try. Like, um, I... I don't even think of a game right now, but there's games where I've gotten stuck and I just kept going and going. And eventually I did get past it, but that took me hours and sometimes a few gameplays just to get through it. Not many people have that determination or that that time sink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think um, I mean, I I think also like this issue we're talking about, I don't believe I believe. 90 95 percent of games don't maybe maybe not even have this issue right because mm-hmm. they have those varying different levels of difficulty so you're able to choose you know what you want to get into right so and when, what level you want to get into with at but i think um you know or even there's other ways to even like one of the things i really like is that something that cuphead does right like the the ending you get for beating it on normal is is different than the one you get for simplified in fact it's arguably you can't completely fully beat the game on simplified which is the easier version of it right some other things like that where you can reward gamers if you want to reward gamers for playing the game in the difficulty or way that you more so envisioned it um but that's again then again that's also kind of weird to me because if you have someone playing it more simplified because they just can't play a more difficult version of it, then you're making it seem as though their experience and them conquering those obstacles are right, you're still, you're less still punishing them. You're still exactly. punishing them. Yeah, it is weird. So so what is the solution? The solution, I think, is um, a mix of what you were saying before. The idea of designing the experiences, having having people who... Um, are gamers but may not have those you know 
whatever you want to call it, quote unquote, normal abilities or cognitive abilities or whatever, just keeping them in mind as you design the game. I think I think that's I think that's where it starts. Right. And 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 whether you whether that possibly changes some of how you seek to design things is, you know, it depends. I mean, I mean, we look at something like The Last of Us 2 Part 2, right? Which of all the things people don't like about it, and there's tons of things I don't like about it. One of the things I love was the accessibility menus and the and mm-hmm. the options and everything like that. That that's designing with those kind of constraints and those kind of situations in, in mind when you're building the game. And I don't think it made again, it wasn't something that's specific to difficulty, right? But it was designing the experience with those things in mind. And if you're able to do so, I think you create a better, more accessible game. Someone that has uh, disabilities or different uh, things that inhibit their abilities, they're able to play The Last of Us Part Two, right? Because of those accessibility things. Well, that's someone that gets to experience this story, good or bad, that may have had a much more um, arduous or difficult ability of experiencing that story if they even had a chance to experience it at all. That's what I think is the ultimate win uh, in all of this. But again, I think keeping it in mind is how you start, how you exactly do it, the science behind it, the programming, got no idea really. (laughs) Uh, But I think think making – making a conscious effort to at least consider those things, I think are the first step. So, I, I mean, you know, again, most games don't have this problem, but even for some of those other more difficult games or quote unquote Souls-like games, um, you know, maybe they can start to consider it. But then there's also kind of the issue of, does a, does a Souls-like game, does a Dark Souls game need to have need to consider that for their, for their audience, for their target audience? Probably not. So then they probably right. won't because they don't have to. There's right. no impetus financially to do so. So, you know. Right. So would you like to see them at it? It sounds like a yes. Like you would like uh, Bloodborne 2 to have an easy, medium, and hard mode. Yeah, or at least like maybe just as just a normal mode and then an easy mode, right? Or something like that. But you're having something like that. They don't do the, the weird cuphead thing where you don't get the full ending. If you, if you, there's a reason they're doing easy. They're not doing easy because they're lazy. They're, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, but um, yeah. Something like that. Something like, a, you know, most most games have easy, medium, hard, hardcore, brutal, right. stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. I was, I was going to add, if, you know, if they did put in difficulties, they can put in a even harder difficulty. What if what if you had the ability to play Dark Souls on, like, Expert Plus? No, you know? You. Like, it, it just, it gets frustrating, trust me. But, I mean, <laughs> just to put an even bigger strength on the game trying to beat it like i th- i think it could be a positive both ways well, but as, as jeremy okay. said i think it would be the best direction to at least make it so everybody can play the game it, it, it's tough because like obviously we're talking mostly about dark souls here the souls games souls games are hard but they're not hard souls games are all about pattern recognition you know, if you have an enemy, he has a certain number of moves that he can do. Once you know his move, you just got to roll or you just got to block and that's it. So to change that kind of stuff, it would be very difficult to like, I guess, maybe, you know, make them show something before they actually do what move they're going to do. I, I don't know how you would do it, but right. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. I have actually a uh, a reverse of this kind of talk. Uh, Pokemon. Pokemon 
I love playing for the story. I know a lot of people play it for like the after, you know, the the game after, you know, battling people online and breeding Pokemon. I like playing through the story a lot. I used to. I would love it to have a difficulty mode where you can make the game hard. Oh, because yeah. when you play through those right. games, you know, it levels up their Pokemon and stuff yeah, well, like that. And, yeah, when you play through the game, nearly every trainer has one or two Pokemon while I'm rolling with a team of six. I would love to have like gym trainers that actually have full six Pokemon and they're EV trained and they have really good moves and they use items and it's like a real battle, but they don't. So it's it continuously stays a very kid friendly game even though their audience has grown up. And I don't want them to get rid of the kid-friendliness for that game, but, man, I would appreciate a tougher mode. I'd love it if you if if you could get jacked in Pokemon, right? Like Just robbed? Like, yeah, like someone beats you in a battle, and then they're like, ha-ha, you know, little, little B, I'm still, I'm going to steal this Blastoise, <laughs> you know? And they just take your Pokemon, right? And you have to find them and like beat them in a battle to get your Pokemon back. Or, you know, you can like beat them because they have it all the time where you would beat a trainer and they may give you a Pokemon they had. Right. So it's like, oh, you beat beat Hitmochamp or Hitmonlee and you can get either one of them. You know, I, I like it right. the other way around where someone beats you and like, eh, give me this right you, you know, and, and it's and it's it's something more dynamic there, I think. That sounds like a fun mode. It sounds like a fun mode. That should be in hardcore brutal mode. Right. Right. That's where and that's where it shifts from being E for everyone to T for teens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish they would just put in the um there's like a fan kind of game that they play. It's called Nuzlocke. Um where oh, Yep, I've heard of that. Yeah, if your Pokemon faints, uh you have to release them. You're only allowed to catch the first Pokemon of every route that you go to. And there's a whole bunch of rules. You know, I think some allow you to use items, some don't. So I would love for them to put that officially in. But uh do you guys want to flex and tell me what your most difficult game is you ever beat? It's it's The Last of Us and Grounded, I'll be honest. Yeah, that seems like it'd be hard to beat. That sounds extremely <laughs> difficult. Difficult game. Difficult game. I mean, I'll be honest, I don't play a lot of difficult games. So there's nothing that comes. There's nothing that comes. I to mean, mind, if, I, huh? if I'm going, if I'm going, most recent memory is uh, is going to end up being Limbo. Um, as difficult. Oh yeah, Limbo is difficult. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. Thinking further, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's there's so many uh, too many games I've played right. to think about the, the hardest one, you know. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say like off rip. I can think of Limbo, probably. I think you're selling yourself short. You play, you beat Civ games, right? Like, you win? Yeah, I... Those games seem pretty difficult. Or, like, Frostpunk? Does that have, like, an end? Frostpunk's pretty hard. Right. Um, <laughs> like, they're easy for you, I guess, because you've just been playing them. But, yeah, like, yeah, I me guess, or yeah. David goes into that, we're like... Yeah. <laughs> years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it'd probably be some strategy game that I played that I can't remember. Okay, right yeah. Yeah. Um, I've beaten Sekiro. I'm very proud of that. Yeah? Most difficult game I've ever played. So hard. You know, the the years thing, uh, I played Bomberman and Sega when I was younger, probably like 7, 8, whatever, and I could, could never beat the final boss. But the last boss code is, like, drilled in my head. So I tried to play it again when I was like 16 and I finally beat it. Like <laughs> it took first me try? That long. Oh. Like not first try, 
but I finally beat it when I was like 16, 17. I just couldn't beat it when I was preteen. We're proud of you, man. Have you Thanks. ever, have you guys had that where you maybe go back and, and play a game that you played maybe 10, 15 years ago? Um, or like if you were like seven or eight when you played it, you played it when you were 16, 17, or if you played it when you were 18, you've played it like recently and you're beating it and you're like, man, this was hard. Like I was, a, I was an idiot back then. <laughs> yeah. like, how, like how was this hard? This is so easy, you know? Uh, I was screaming, finally, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, um, Castlevania Don of Sorrow for the DS. I really love that game. Like one of my favorites, uh, Metroidvanias for sure. I had gotten really far in the game and then for some reason, I couldn't get past the point. I think I was stuck or there was a boss. Put it down for like a year. And then this is a true story. I'm like, you know what? I've really got to go to the bathroom bad. I'm going to bring this in the bathroom. I'm going to try to just knock it out real quick. Sat down on the toilet already five minutes and I beat the game. Don't know what happened, but that year <laughs> break and like five minutes on the toilet, things were clear. I beat uh. the boss. It was just like. I, I wiped and I got I washed my hands and got out of there. <laughs> that toilet luck. It was yeah. a toilet luck. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real <laughs> measurable thing. Um, guys, do we have anything else we wanted to add to the conversation for roundtable? I think I think that was all good. All yeah, right. even though even though my point kind of stood opposite of you, Jeremy, I definitely respect and david you know I, you're kind of more mid uh yeah i definitely understand your guys's points you know i want everyone to be able to enjoy games i just don't want it to be at the cost of someone's vision i guess but they can likewise. they can work around it likewise yeah i, I see yours too i think sometimes like me even thinking about it from like a, a film like you were saying like a, a film let's say would you tell a film director that, i mean and they kind of they, are they do right? they do <laughs> When you see the, you know, the paint by numbers in regards to movies nowadays in regards to diversity or viewpoints or anything like that. And you're like, wow, can anyone just create a organic, original concept, flawed, blinded or or or, or not? Right. Like just an authentic, honest perspective on something. And you're like, well, it's not accessible to everyone that way. Right. You know, so, I, I yeah, I understand that, too. You definitely don't want to destroy the art that someone may be creating it. I guess maybe they can find some way as a, a an in-between, I think, better than what they have currently. Right. Yeah. Um, but that is it for our roundtable, which means we are going to move on to Quickfire. We talk about one, two, sometimes three games that we've been playing, and we want to shout them out. So, guys, who wants to give their Quickfire first? I will. Oh, oh yeah. okay. So I will shout out three games. First one, Fallout Shelter. Kind of fun. Mm -hmm. um, the next one, Medieval Dynasty. I don't know what is happening in there. <laughs> <laughs> I played it for a few hours, and I don't know what's going on. Okay, I know. Here's, here's the basic story. You're uh, some dude that ran away from his family when they were murdered by a war. And now you're trying to build your own town. So you, it's basically same survival stuff. Got to, you know, cut trees, build houses, and you build houses, and then you can do build farms. And But eventually you're supposed to build a homestead in a village where more people come and they start to populate the town and you create your own town of its own. There's no uh, combat as far as like killing other people. There's hunting, but there's no, really no killing other people. 
So I don't think I'm going to last long in this game. <laughs> and the final game where you do kill people is Iron Harvest. All right. It's a real time strategy game. It's like an ultimate alternate steampunk World War One real time strategy game. I enjoy it very much. It's a cool looking game. And I am pissed off because going back to our original discussion there, I tried some skirmish, some skirmish games where it's just you versus the AI. That's usually how I get to learn real time strategy games. Just play a couple of matches with the AI, see how they do things, figure out the mechanics. Um, so I'm trying to make, figure it out. I put it on easy and the computer proceeds to whoop my ass. <laughs> With the quickness. And so now I'm confused as to what easy even means. I've gone on to Reddit and forums <laughs> and everyone gets their ass repeatedly kicked on easy more so than they do on medium or hard. So I think the developers need to go back in there and do a little work and uh, make it so that easy is easy. Because I, I, I how are they producing these squads of stormtroopers and mechs? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, how about David? How about you? What have you been playing? I got the good old Apex. Uh, I went back to A Dance of Fire and Ice. There's still some levels I haven't beat yet, and I still can't beat them. But it's always good rhythm fun. And, uh, I did, I picked up Deathloop. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm trying to see. It's, it seems all right so far. Okay. That's my, that's my quick fire. Yeah, so I'm next. I got uh, I got three new games. I got Orcs Must Die 3. That is a tower defense game, um, which I enjoy. I haven't played one in a while, but this one's kind of neat because you actually get to control your character as well and actually do a lot of the fighting. I know a lot of them on like mobile, you just set turrets down and you see what happens. This one, you're kind of in control. And it, it's a lot of fun. I like making like these really tight paths that they got to come down. You know, uh, that seems to be a very strong strategy. Um, and then two brand new ones, WarioWare, switch it up. It's it's 100% WarioWare. So if you've ever enjoyed WarioWare and you want more, this is the game you're looking for. Dude, and then I, I played the crap out of that game. Uh, yeah, time. it's so I'm definitely uh, going to pick this up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is, it is definitely WarioWare. All these fun. I'm, I'm cracking up at every game, you know, because it's just so goofy. It's got such That's, a personality. That is so good uh, to hear. Yeah, and uh, just a good time. And then Deathloop, I also purchased that game. It got amazing reviews, and when a game gets reviewed like that, it's hard not to look at it and be like, oh, man, what, what what's it about? So, uh, like David, I'm I'm pretty early in, probably a little bit further than him, but... Uh, yeah, I got three hours. Okay, yeah, I'm probably five or six. Um, It's starting to, to grow on me. It's... Uh, I thought it'd be a lot like Dishonored where you have to really focus on stealth and using your powers. It has a lot more freedom than that, which I'm enjoying. And the time loop aspect is very, very interesting. We'll see if it pays off at some point, but I'm very intrigued about it. So, and we'll probably hear more next episode. Probably. I was surprised. No one had, no one put, had that as a, as a draft pick for the, for the draft. I, I think Joey did. Really? Yes. Yeah. Somebody picked, somebody picked the game. Where it was, I think it, I think, I think they have this one. Yeah, I think it was Joey, somebody picked but, it. I think, but ah. it doesn't matter because the rest of his picks were trash. So. <laughs> okay. okay. So really, it's just like a really great player yeah, getting drafted. Could be the, the same race. I think all his games are uh, well. Dying Light Two is one of his games, and we Ooh, saw out that ouch. delayed. 
um, Gotham Knights was also one of his games, and that Ooh. was delayed. Yep. So, oh goodness! Uh, he also has Back for Blood, which I think that's definitely is well. coming out. I can't remember his other game. Yeah, but Deathloop, great reviews. Jeremy, are you gonna pick it up? I know you were kind of on the fence about it. Um, yeah, probably will. I'm gonna probably trade in uh, a couple of games, Biomutant being one of them, and uh, I can't believe I even still have it. And uh, <laughs> I'll probably pick that up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that yet because next right. level, right? Next right. level, we could say yeah. All right. I I don't know if it's worth it. Let's see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, those are our quick fires slash was it worth it? We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be back with this levels. Was it worth it? This level of the Thoughts and Players podcast was made possible by your support. If you're enjoying the podcast, please be sure to like, rate and share the show, as well as contribute to our community questions and segments. Doing so helps the show grow, keeps our content engaging, and most importantly, make sure your voice is heard. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to your favorite podcast. It is now our favorite segment, your favorite segment, everybody's favorite segment. Was it worth it? And as you can see, Jeremy's not speaking because he is going to be taking the lead here. And his game is humankind we're gonna go over our five points of interest jeremy what is this humankind all about so humankind is a 4x strategy game much in the vein of civilization or to a lesser extent total war uh it was developed by amplitude studios i believe and published by sega uh this past august actually like a couple weeks ago oh very recent okay that's cool uh, let's go with our first one. How are the visuals of this game? Okay, so I'm gonna break that into two parts: is the actual gameplay visuals, and then they also have um, little mini movies that play when you reach different eras, right? So the mini movies are CG-ish, but not really CG. They're cell shader and art, right? But it's it's animated stuff. So they list different you know, world events or known things that happened, you know, throughout time. And they'll show a a cell shaded version of, you know, perhaps people building the pyramids or something like that. That looks really good. Um, The overall graphic style of the in-game stuff, I would compare it to like Civilization VI. It looks very, very similar to that kind of art style where it's um, not technically cartoony, but a little less serious than it's not trying to be too realistic with how it looks but the colors are bright great graphic fidelity atmosphere all that type of stuff um the ui is incredibly clean on this game uh which is really really it's a feat to have in a game like a forex game because you have to manage so many systems the fact that you can keep everything nice and clean uh it's a good job on it yeah good yeah i know how uh having those kind of feats can be very beneficial and uh, let's move on to the next points of sound and music. Okay, uh, sound and music. So there's going to be a lot of Civ comparisons because this is the game it's like directly going after. Uh, so sound, the sound is good. It sounds good when people fight. You hear the swords um, when you when you're 
people hunt animals. They make the sounds. If they're hunting woolly mammoths or deers or whatever, you hear a little. It's it's loud. It's clear. It's recognizable. The sound is good. The music is exceptional. Exceptional music. Um, it it has the different types of genres, quote unquote. You would play for something if it's in a more you know, ancient far back era compared to something that's more contemporary or modern. Uh, the, the music is mellow. It plays the background of whatever screen or whatever you're doing at the moment where there's combat, if there's war, the music intensifies uh, appropriately. Um, but it's, it's another one of those things where it, it's the music's fantastic, right? It just, it enhances, it never gets in the way. And at time it enhances the, the experience. That's good to hear. When you say it's good, it, it, I mean it's got it's got to be at least decent, you know. Where <laughs> not to right. put any jabs out there, right. but it's just as you know, we talked about Omno and the music being really helpful in that game. To hear mm-hmm. it in this game too, it's 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 nice to hear. Yeah. And to our next point of interest is the story. How's the story in Humankind? So. Uh, Kind of much like Civ, like Civ doesn't really have a story, right? Like the story is kind of how you take your people from the beginning to a industrialized modern society. Now, humankind does does do it in a bit more of a linear narrative way, right? Those those um, cell shaded cutscenes and stuff I was talking about. Uh, that's narrated. The narrator going back to sound for a for a second. I forgot that the narrator is absolutely exceptional. Um, and so it kind of has that. So it doesn't really have story. Those games usually don't, but it does attempt to tell one in, in somewhat of a way. So I would put that on the positive for it because a lot of games like that don't really seek to tell stories because it's kind of hard to with the game format. Okay. So, I mean, kind of sounds like Valheim, right? There's a little bit of story, but just kind of push you. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. That's, that's cool. It helps, you know, some people. And let's, uh, that's interest point is our technical. How are the technicals? Technicals. So this game did take its sweet time loading. Um, and I was running it on my older system, but my older system is a six core 5820 K and an, and a, a solid state drive. Samsung, uh, I think it's either 850 or 950 solid state drive and a GTX 970. So I'm not running a potato, but I'm not running the latest stuff. And it took its sweet, sweet, sweet time loading compared to some other games that I think um, are as graphically intensive as this game and they take way less to load. So I think there's some space to optimize stuff there. Um, Besides that, I don't think I ran into really any technical issues. Um, and that's not technically a technical issue, but it takes a long time to load. Nobody likes that. Right. No one wants to sit there and wait for their game. They've been waiting to play all day as it is, you know? Yeah. Our perhaps biggest and last point of interest is the gameplay. Right. So I took some notes because there's a lot with this game. Uh, there's a lot. I want to say like, um, so this developer is also the developer behind the game's Endless Legend and Endless Space. I don't know if uh, if anybody's familiar with those, but those are also strategy games to, you know, to just put it mildly, right? Um, so, yeah, I got some notes here because there's a lot of stuff. 
So let me talk about some of the gameplay aspects of it. So you start off with a army, right? Um, these armies can be filled with up to four slots of units. You can divide this army or units whenever you want to, right? Um, unlike civilization, right? Civilization starts you off with maybe a warrior and they start you off with a settler. You need settlers in order to build cities. In this game, any of your units can set up an outpost in the beginning and those outposts can grow to become cities. So there's technically no settler unit. I like that. That's interesting to me um, because it, it allows you to really manage, so it allows you to really dictate how aggressive you want to be. You don't really have any units that you quote unquote have to protect, right? There's so many times you'd be playing a, a game of Civ and you see a settler being followed by a spearman and you're like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go bleep these people up. Uh, with with this one, you don't know what they're doing. They could be going to set up an outpost that could eventually become a city, and, or they could just be roaming around, right? So that's that's one of the first interesting things that it does. Um, speaking briefly to the city mechanics, so you can send a unit to set up an outpost. That outpost, if you get enough influence, um, which is one of the currencies of the game, can eventually become a city. And that city works or functions very similar to the way a city does in Civ. You can build units, you can build uh, districts, right? Um, Civ 6 has districts. It was the first one to have districts. This follows in vein of Civ 6, where you can also build districts, and it increases your ability to produce food or production or science, all that stuff. Um, the interesting thing is, is that based upon era and different things you have, there's a cap on how many cities you can have. Uh, which is another thing that it completely flips the head on of on Civ 6 or any Civ game. Because a lot of Civ games is, okay, found your first city as much as, as quick as you can, just pump out a bunch of settlers and just start seating the place, right? With this, you can't do that. In the beginning, there's a two-city max. So that means you can only have two cities. And you may only be able to have two cities in an entire era, which could span thousands of years, right? Now, you have no limit on the amount of outposts you can create, and you can attach outposts to cities to help increase the influence and basically, you know, how much land, quote unquote, your 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 city or tribe, your tribe owns essentially, right? So that's it's an interesting way of uh, strategically expanding your domain without as much risk, but still some risk. Right, because again, when you're putting that outpost down, you're not sacrificing a settler to do it. You say, I want to build an outpost here, and the outpost gets built. So that's another cool mechanic of it. Um, another cool mechanic is the way it deals with technology. So going to, again, Civ games, you have these technologies that you can research, and my strat has always been just research, research, research. Get is get as advanced as you can so that way you can get to gunpowder and you can blow everyone away. <laughs> in this in this game, you can't do that because technologies are restricted by eras. So if you start off in the Neolithic era, there are Neolithic technologies and you can't go past those Neolithic technologies until you advance to the next age, which is the ancient age, or the ancient era. They say eras, not ages, which is awesome. That's a great thing because you have to strategize which technologies you want to take from each era along with you. It, it may not be sound to just research every single technology from an era. You may want to wait, advance to the next one, and then start researching something else there. 
So that's something else that's really, really compelling. And so they they have eras, like I said, compared to ages with Civ. There's about seven eras. It's Neolithic, it's beginning, ancient, classical, medieval, uh, early modern, industrial, and then contemporary era, which is like our era. Um, the other thing that this game does different than Civ is, you know, Civ, you pick an empire. So you pick the Germans or you pick the Russians and, you, you know, you have these. In this game, no, 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 you don't do that. So the leader of your civilization is you. You can create a customized avatar of yourself. Um, so you aren't just picking a leader. And you don't pick empires, you pick cultures. So you can start with a culture, and each culture has a legacy trait. So for instance, if I pick the uh, Mycenaeans, my legacy trait may be plus one combat to all melee units, right? Well then, okay, cool, I do my stuff, I'm advancing to the next era. That next era, I can pick a different culture. And what happens is, is that the legacy trait of the Mycenaeans carries with me to that next culture and I get their legacy trait. So you're never really just a culture or an empire, right? You're, as you go along, you're picking up different traits and different strengths from different cultures to kind of make this amalgamation of your own culture at the end, right? Which is something that's very interesting, right? So I can be Mycenaeans, and then I can advance to the ancient era, and I can choose to be Assyrians, right? And I'm, I'm gaining all that different stuff with me. Um, so those are a couple of the really interesting aspects of the game. As far as, like, difficulty in combat, it plays very similar to Civ. It's hex-based. Hex with your tiles, your tiles give you, you know, this amount of food, this amount of production. They have luxury resources on all of them. It's a lot of it's 70 to 70% of it is Civ, right? But the 30% is so different and so unique and requires you to strategize so differently that it is kind of its own game. It's 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 familiar, but it's really different. And you have to really change the way that you think about the game as you're playing it compared to playing playing something like Civ or to a lesser extent a total war or something like that. Wow, that was very uh, that was very detailed and well thought out. Was, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot there. I'm probably missing yeah. some stuff. Yeah. All right. So, with all that in mind, the biggest question of the day is: Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Now, this game, according to my maths, retails for four nine nine nine. All right. That is fifty dollars. Not five thousand. It's fifty dollars. Uh, is it worth it? I would say that it is because the base game has a lot to it. It's very interesting, very engaging. I would assume they'll be making additional content like they do for Civ in the future. They're constantly pumping out content for Civ. That's why it's like, I think, seven years old. And they're still pumping out new content for it. I can see this having the exact same thing. Um, so, yeah, I think Humankind for $50 would be worth it. I would assume you'll probably end up being able to get your hands on this game pretty soon for less because um, it's a Civ competitor. And a lot of people, you already have a fractured fan base there. A lot right. of Civ 6 players um, or a lot of Civ 5 players aren't Civ 6 players. Civilization 5 still has a very, very healthy player base because the, there were so many dynamic things that were changed between five and six. So you already had that splinter there. There, How much could you peel from the Civ Six audience? Was it really who you'd be going after based upon a look in the, in the, in the mechanics and everything depends, but 
Yeah. I think for 50, it's worth it. 40, definitely worth it. 30 steel. All right. There we have it. By the words of Jeremy, humankind is worth the price tag. Humankind is worth it. Yeah. For all of all humankind. Right. <laughs> That's the only one with the puns, I see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment. Our the, next finer segment. Things club. the Finer oh, right. Things Club. The Finer Things, things club. club. The Finer Things Club. Mm, wonderful. Naturally, it's where I need to be. Now, in the Finer's Things Club, it's when we want to highlight a uh, minutiae, right? A, a smaller thing of what we want to give praise to because we enjoy it so much. Um, now, uh, I just did a bunch of blabbing. I'm going to continue blabbing for a second because mine's is quick. Uh, the finer thing that I would like to talk about um, is music and strategy games. Uh, this game and thinking back with it and Civ have reminded me it how absolutely important it is that the music in those games be good and they be like well as far as like time like long but but not crazy long but longer than you would usually assume because they have to account for so many hours of playing time you're spending in a run of Civ or this probably 20 30 40 hours right so you kind of have to have so much music that's good and compelling and I think that's something that usually it's overlooked. So that is um, my finer's thing. What about you, Corey? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's the longest I've ever gone without talking. Yeah. Feels good, baby. All right. So my <laughs> finer things club has to deal with the Batman Arkham series. I'm a huge Batman Arkham series fan. Uh, there's probably a million things I can say about these games. They they take the IP and they lovingly make a game based around it and they don't pull any punches or anything like that. But the thing I want to talk about is each of these three games, um, I believe they each take place over a single night. So you play at the beginning of the night and when you're done with them, it's kind of the next morning, which is cool. And throughout that night, you can see things happening to Batman himself in regard to his suit. And I think it was such a neat thing that they did that throughout the entire night, you see it get damaged. You see the cape get torn. You see all these battle marks on it. And it's just really neat when most of the time when you're a protagonist in a game, you start the game and you end the game looking the exact same. Uh, not to mention, this one is a very cool detail. You can actually see stubble on the opening part of his uh, bat mantle, you know, where his mouth is. Stubble grows in throughout the night. And I think that's just a really cool detail. They didn't have to put it in. But to have that, it just shows the level of care that Rocksteady has. And I hope they have that same care with the Suicide Squad game. That's, that's just really cool. Like, yeah. the stubble thing, like... Oh, yeah. How much time had to be put into that? And, you know, the data and, and graphics and everything. And right. not even needed. That's That was a really fine, finer thing. Right, that's a fine finer thing. Yeah. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> uh, mine, I don't, I don't know if it's that cool, but uh, my finer things is, as I mentioned earlier, I played Death Loop, and my finer thing is when you find someone that does voiceover acting very well, and they're given a character to play that really connects with you, it really helps push the gameplay like uh i can 
feel myself in the main character in uh, Deathloop, and that really helps me continue playing the game to see what's going to go next, what's going to happen, what is he going to say? Because a lot of the things he said, I thought of right before he said it, and that just makes me laugh and makes me like the character in this game. And while that not be might, might not be that fine, I I think it's a little fine. That's my finer thing. That was nice. Thank you. That was nice. It was very fine. <laughs> All right. That is the Finer Stains Club, which means we're going to move on to our games. We premiered this one, I think, a few levels back, and it is it is back, and it is there and back again. Oh. Um, exactly. Double pun in it. Um, and we have, I think, four four topics. That we're going to play fair and back again, and that way we can fully determine for sure a winner of this game. Um, so first, far, first one to get two. First one to get two. Um, you know, and me and David have been debating in secret whether we're going to let Corey win this one too. Uh, but <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and go for it. So, uh, what's the, we're going to do? Are we going to do the first topic being games? Yeah, with Let's only one. Let's just follow it in order. All right. Games with only one in the series. This means that this is a game that came out that does not have a sequel. Halo. Definitely. Definitely Sequels, prequels, other worlds that may be in that world. Exactly. Um, So are we counting counting spinoffs? Yes. Mm. Yeah, we're counting. So if it lives in that same type of world, that does not count as one in the series, like Apex. Right. Yeah, like Titanfall and Apex would be the same. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Is there any other clarifications for this? I don't think we should have any issues. Uh, What about sequels that will come that we're sure of? But like, Uh, let's say Dying Light. Okay. If it's if it's been. If it's announced aired that it's coming out, yeah, we'll Russia. count it. Say less. We're good. Well, I mean, you just have us to say more. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> All right. I want right. I want you two to say less. All right, gotcha. Yeah. I'm gonna talk more now. Okay. Uh, are we ready to start this off? Who wants to start? Uh, and, and David, you know how to play this, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I did listen to the episode. You guys were amazing on it. You got about three I, seconds. Yep. Uh, Jeremy takes about six or seven. We give a little bit of leeway here. Um, we just ask that you follow it as best you can and not yeah. just put whatever game in there just for the heck of it. Well, this one we kind of can as long as it follows. Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, David, do you want to start us off? Yeah, it was my it was my category. I'll go with it. And I'm gonna go with one's uh, spider. <laughs> it's a PlayStation game. Oh, oh, who's going next, Jeremy? Is it me or you? I'll go. Okay. Spy Hunter. Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Pandemonium. Manhunt. There's two manhunts. No, there's not. Yeah, the game made by Rockstar. Yeah, Manhunt. Yeah, and Manhunt Two. You're out. There's no such. There's no such thing as a Manhunt Two. There is definitely is. We can look it up right now. Google. Right, let's look it up. I'm gonna Google it. Game is paused. 
The game is paused. Yeah, Manhunt 2 <laughs> came out in 2007. Well, that's a oh. quick exit. Come on, man. <laughs> this was the one I knew I had, too. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so since now there's three people, does he just not get to play anymore? And it's just between right. He's out. I'm he's out. out. He's out. Okay. Um, Death Stranding. Okay. Uh, Valheim. Dang it! I was gonna say that. I forget what you've already said. Shoot. Uh, I feel like I'm gonna copy something here. Dead by Daylight. Did you already say that? Nope. Okay. Dead by Daylight. But that's good. Um. Uh. Knockout City. Knockout City. Beautiful pig. Um. Uh, one, two, bully. Ooh, Mo Stray. This guy is going to uh, Celeste. Uh, hello, neighbor. I think I win. I think that, hello, neighbor has a couple. Second of, one. It has a sequel announced, and it has a spit. Oh my yeah, god! Oh, spin-off. does it? All right. Yeah. Well, that, there you go. I thought this I, was the I one only I was going to lose right away, son, and I haven't seen him play any other one besides the original. All right. Woo! All right. Corey has one. All right. Uh, I think it's only fair that I start the second game then. All right. Let's go. Sure. Which sure. I will only have one, I think, but that's okay. Uh, we have sword as a main weapon. So clarification on this one. They can main weapon means it's the only weapon they possess or it's equal parts gun, equal parts sword. Yeah, so I would say uh, Dante is valid. Oh, like, oh. Okay. I wasn't thinking that, but okay. Um, I'll go first uh, and start it off, and we'll go me, Jeremy, David, okay? Okay. And we're only obviously doing, like, one game in a franchise. You can't list off every Legend of Zelda game. Jeremy. Right. Wait, was that yours? That's yeah, mine. That's that was like oh, doing like oh. a really cool like, <laughs> like, like okay. start. Oh, okay. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Devil May Cry's. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna fail quick at this. Uh, action games, action games. Uh, dude, You're dude, out, dude, man. Dude, I'm out. You're out. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, Jeremy. The Witcher. Uh, quick. Does, can it be somebody in, somebody in the game? Say it and we'll eliminate you or not. That's the uh, risk you take. Genji and Overwatch. I'll, I'll say, okay. I'll give it. I'm now I'll the judge. I'll no, I'll it. allow it because I'm now the judge. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, Final Fantasy VII Cloud. Oh, no, that Perfect. was my next one. Oh, crap. Can I say Sephiroth or is that the same games? You cannot do the same series. Same series at all. Okay. Um, what about? And just talking does not extend your time. So we're, yeah, I know. We're yeah, I'm out. I'm right out. Right That's now. Jeremy's. Oh, yeah. he's out. He's out. Yeah, oh, I got nothing. And Jeremy will not go down without a fight. Oh, oh dang it! <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, the Keyblade. Is that a sword? Does that it's count? A, it's a Keyblade. It's a sword. You've, I would. I would. I would allow it. I mean, depending on your attitude, I might have asked you. I don't know. Depending on how you said it. If I didn't like your tone. <laughs> Judge is a lot of fun. I might just get eliminated here. <laughs> no, but uh, all right. Uh, Jeremy, you won that one. So go ahead and start. Possibly the last one. Tell them what it is. All right. So this uh, this next 
um, category is minority protagonists. We basically mean, right, you have your uh, your POCs, as they call it, as well as a female lead or protagonist, however, possibly in a video game. So um, we're going to start that off. This um, is probably not going to be... I mean, well, it, may, it may have some distance. We'll see. I will start it off. Metroid. Deathloop. Dang. Uh, the Walking Dead Telltale series. Oh, no. Um, uh, oh, was that? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, blow, oh, no. Blow. Blow. Uh, blow. Yeah. Assassin's what? Creed Origins. That's the guy's name. Assassin's Creed Origins. <laughs> it's the game. Oh, shoot. I need to think of another one. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, wh- uh, what about the uh, prototype? Two. Sorry. Prototype How long were you going to stay on prototype for? All right, well, we're going to go. The Last of Us 2. Uh, Ellie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess what do you mean? Uh. Yeah, I'll give that to you. <laughs> Ellie and the other, other person. Right. Um, okay, ready? Far yeah. Cry 4. Whew, okay. Um. Well, of course, Ellie. What? What about the Resident Evil? Jill, Rebecca. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe we should make a quick rule: no custom characters, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, right. Tomb Raider. Halo Five Guardians. Are you looking at a list? No, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm looking at the mixer and I'm do you, thinking. Do you play as that guy? Yes. You play as him for most of the game. I his name's Locke, right? Yeah. I had no clue. It's Luke Cage. Yeah, I know. I like Luke Cage. Quit Stalin. I, I'm, I'm not bit. even the one talking. I, I'm I'm a little bit Stalin. I I got nothing, so Come one on. of you guys are gonna win. Come on. Black eliminated guys, black guys, women, black women. How many black women are in? Did you say black guys, black guys, women? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, black guys, black guys, women. Uh, Miles Morales. Dude, you've oh. way lost. You've way lost this. You questioned me, Miles Morales. You spent three seconds saying black guy, black guy, woman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, all right, I'll give it to you. Let's kind of let's just put it okay. So, you do one, two, three. One, two, three. Are you asking me to? What yeah. I lost, I lost. Like, I admit like, that. I oh, okay, that's pretty like we don't though. like we don't have full conversations in between picks, right. <laughs> I'll give this to that, you though. That, all right, that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, black now, guy, it black. now it is. Now it is. Uh, it'll definitely be at the end of the year recap uh, intro. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Today is a great day. Level oh, of the year, right here. Well, do we want to? We want to hit that last topic? Yes or no? Yeah, let's just do you, it for funsies. Okay, sure. so the last topic is. Dang it, I've got a black guy for this one too. <laughs> oh my god, that is disappointing. Uh, you could have did like. Well, never mind. 
You could have done um, like Prince of Persia, I was going to say, you know, that's a Persian guy, too. That's that's desert. Speaking, uh, of, speaking of desert games, you're starting exactly. with that. I was, I'm starting off with Prince of Persia. That's the only one I know. Um, isn't like. Yeah, I'm out. I got nothing. <laughs> I, I I got rust in Call of Duty. OK, that's the closest of desert games I've played. Okay. I'm going to go with 50 Cent, Blood in the Sand. I'm Great assuming pick. it's desert. Yes, it is. Great okay. pick. I'm going to go with Journey. That, that is also a great pick, if I may tell you, because, man, I would have never thought of Journey myself. Let me just say that I'm out. <laughs> I had one game. <laughs> when, you went, when you talked about this pre-show, instantly I went to 50 Cent, and that was the only game I had. I, I, am, I, I immediately went to 50 Cent and I was like, I'm going to save this one in the back pocket. Because no one else is going to say it. Yeah. yeah you got to have one of those. Uh, Jeremy killing it. We got to stop playing this game. It's retired. I, I don't. <laughs> you won the first one, right? We're, we're no, you one. did. I did. Ah, well, you, okay. you cheated. Uh, Lair is an RPG. Like, whoo. It's a dragon RPG. No. All right. <laughs> well, we are done with there and back again, which means we have come to our final thoughts. Can we give one last thought or point we want to make about something related or totally unrelated to this level of the podcast? So who would like to give their final thought first? I'll go. All right. So my final thought is when you deal with something very often, more than you think you should, is it that something that just helps your day or is it an addiction? For me, it's my my smoothie. I'm buying one almost every day, every other day, and I got six of them just sitting here empty because I can't get enough of them. Am I addicted or am I just trying to enjoy my night? I don't know. But that's my final thought. It's, it sounds like you're addicted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll go. I don't really even have a final thought this, uh, this level. I don't know what's going on. I guess I'll talk about uh, Dune. Dune, the book by Frank Herbert. I read it and now I'm a little bit of a Dune kick. I have started watching the miniseries uh, Dune, Children of Dune. I have bought a board game, Dune, um, the new movie with Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet is coming very soon. I'm kind of excited to see that. So uh, if there's a Dune video game or one that kind of shows off a little bit of that kind of world, let me know. I'd be interested. Awesome. Um my final thought is when I was little, there were some kids I used to play with on the street. And one of the kids uh, was of uh, Arab ethnicity. And his name, um, I'm not sure if I should say his name or not, but his name was Sarub. Okay. And I used to, every once in a while, mistakenly call him Sub Zero. <laughs> and I think about that from time to time. So that is it for level 36 of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you like what you heard, 
please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. You can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thoughts and players like it's all one word. We're also on Instagram at thoughts.players. We're on YouTube, Twitter at thoughtsplayers2, and we are on TikTok. We want to thank everyone for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next one. Peace.